It's the Book Squad podcast, our production of Lawrence Public Library and Audio Reader Network. This is our Young Adult Crossovers edition, and our two book minimum features Akata Witch by Nnedi Okorafor, American Street by E.B. Zaboy, The Disreputable History of Frankie Landau Banks by E. Lockhart, and Dear Reader by Mary O'Connell. Later on, we'll be talking about Eleanor and Park by Rainbow Rowell, as well as other news and updates from the Book Squad. And now it's over to our resident Lawrence Public Librarians and Book Squad gurus, Kate Gramlich and Polly Ken. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty, Pretty good. good. Kate, you get to go first on Bookish News today. All right, Polly, I will. All right. This is episode eight. Thanks for... Uh, Sticking with us. Is it? <laughs> it is. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. Okay. Uh, so we are kind of doing a YA-focused edition, uh, young adult-focused, young, young adult crossovers. Uh, so for one part of Bookish News, uh, Early Word, which is a really awesome book blog, uh, very nerdy, um, it announced that the film adaptation of Nicola Yoon's debut YA novel, Everything, Everything, opened last week. Uh, the book debuted at number one on the New York Times uh, adult young adult bestseller list and stayed on it for over a year. Wow. Big news. That's a long time. I know. Uh, the release of the trailer in February brought the book back to the list again at number one. So the trailer kind of revamped the, or re- revived the interest. That happens. It does, yeah. if it's a good trailer, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, it's, so the book, which I have not read yet, and, and I want to uh, a lot now. Uh, it's about a teen girl who's confined to her house because of severe allergies. Um, and it's earned a glowing New York Times review. They called it gorgeous and lyrical. And an A-minus review from Entertainment Weekly. It's a complex, fresh, and moving debut. I feel like A-minus is a little crappy, but you po- know. Poopy. I mean, it seems a little nitpicky. I know. It's like, like just say it's an A. Say I mean, it's an a. yeah, you I could mean, say A plus, but why? I mean, yeah. Well, I saw this trailer and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize at the time that it was based on a book. And yeah. so I was like, oh, that looks really cool. So I'm down. I'm, I'm down to it. read it and see it. Cool. Good. I'll Maybe we'll do that as a future. Oh, we could do that. No promises. Field trip. Field trip. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. So also uh, in our show notes, we're going to add uh, the most banned titles from last year have been um, announced. And so you can uh, see that uh, when you look at our show notes. And uh, it includes Eleanor and Park, which is going to be the book that we talk about on She Said, She Said. So yeah. stay tuned. I know. What you got, Polly? Oh, well, I have some big news. Um, Laura Moriarty, the local author, um, her book, The Chaperone, is being made into the BBC's first feature film. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. It's in the hands of Julian Fellow. So, you know, Downton Abbey Mm -hmm. fame. And it's starring Elizabeth McGovern. So they're, you know, pairing up again because she's also in Downton Abbey. So that's um, McGovern is playing the the chaperone. Cool. Laura's so great. She's super nice. Yeah. I'm so glad that we have her here. I know. I know. So, I mean, like she was just didn't even like spill that this was happening until no, it happened. She's, yeah. Just humble. Just mm-hmm. humble. And um, she uses book club in a bag. So she's <laughs> no, she does. on my list of people. Speaking like. of, we have the chaperone mm-hmm. as a book club in a bag. Mm-hmm. So you know that this book is going to like blow up again. Yeah. You when, should get on when the, the film reservation for that. You should. Um, and the next bit of news is, it's really only news for us. Yeah. It's kind of news for other people. I mean, Book Expo <laughs> is next week. And, and we're going. And we're going. It's in New York City. It's like, 
It's like book mecca. Oh. I mean, it's the best. It's the Disney World for it's it's the book best. lovers. <laughs> so, anyways, we're gonna be back with all the hot goss about what books will be coming out this fall. So, mm-hmm. um, are we gonna be seeing Neil we'll Patrick scoopy. Harris? Is he there? Yeah. Did I dream that? Okay, good. Yeah, no, yeah, he's so there. Stay tuned at least to find there. out how hot he is in person. Hillary Clinton. Will I be know there. that's awesome. Mm. Some other people I can't remember. They're right really now, great people. They're going to be there too. Yeah, lots of people. <laughs> so by the time you hear this, we'll probably be in the Big Apple. Yep, we totally exciting. will be. All right, we should move on. All right, so next up, two book minimum. Yep, I go two first. Things. Yeah, you go first today. Cool. Uh, you go first every day. Don't I do. You? Well, next time. That's maybe. fine. We'll no, switch. you go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so what I'm going to be talking about is again uh, two YA novels that are great for crossover for adult audiences. Uh, Akata Witch by Nettie Okorafor. Was, it came out in 2011. The paperback is coming out this July, so we're getting that in a book club bag, so stay tuned for that. Um, the fastest way I can describe this book is that it is like Harry Potter, but set in Nigeria and starring a 12-year-old albino girl. Hmm. Is ba- yeah, so it's just like, <laughs> like your typical novel. So. <laughs> uh, it's it's amazing. It's a really good time. Uh, so Sunny is the protagonist, and she's recently moved back to Nigeria um, after living in America. And so she's being picked on, first of all, because it's junior high, and that's the worst time of your life. Um, and she's got an American accent. She is an albino. She's... You know, just generic, like generally the new kid, and so she's being picked on. Um, but on top of that, she also has to deal with the fact that she's apparently a witch. So no. yeah, a little bit different from your <laughs> typical, uh, yeah, junior high experience. Uh, the story is just beautiful, and it's funny, and it's spooky, um, and it's fun to read. And Nettie Okorafor, she does a lot of um, adult fantasy mm-hmm. um, and some sci-fi, I think. Yeah. She's really excellent with her descriptions of, of place, and everything just feels so vibrant and colorful and um, engrossing. And so um, I would really recommend it for any age group. Um, it's, uh, I, it's like, it's, I think it's the first YA novel that I as a, as a library worker that I totally fell hard for. I remember when you read it and like, you were you were like you have to yeah. read this. Mm-hmm. And I was super excited to have uh, my daughters read it because they loved Harry Potter, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. but they, you know, well, and maybe if you would you're love like, to see a, a a girl be the protagonist. Yeah, absolutely. So. And she is mm-hmm. awesome. Um the next one is another YA novel, but I would say it definitely skews a bit older on the scale. Uh it's Older young adult, mm. middle and adult. Uh, <laughs> it's more. It's way more emotionally atten- intense. It's American Street by E.B. Zaboy, and it just came out uh, a few months ago, 2017. It's got um, definite violent situations and adult language, and so there's the disclaimer if that's a thing you're not into. Uh, it starts out just like it hits the ground running. Um, Fabiola is uh, with her mom, and they're trying to come from Haiti to stay with their family in Detroit. Fabula was actually born in the U.S., um, but they've lived in Haiti her whole life, and her mom's from there. Uh, right away, she has her mother just ripped from her as the, her mother is detained in an um, immigration center. Uh, and so Fabiola um, has to move on to Detroit alone and oh, confused, wow. and she's only like 14 or 15. So it's like it's very chaotic and very emotional just from the get-go. Oh my gosh. Uh, but then even from then, it does not lose, it doesn't lose uh, steam. Um, it's just a really intense coming of age story of a girl trying to figure out how to fit in a whole new world um, with so much culture shock uh, while trying to save her mom. Um, it's just it's a heart crushing 
book, but it's beautifully written and um, you really get to get inside the heads of the characters, not just the um, narrator. Uh, and the audiobook version, which is who, which is what I listen to, is narrated by Robin Miles, who is my like top number one audiobook reader. Nice narrator. She does an incredible job because there's there's lots of different voices and different personalities, and she just like nails them all. And so you know who's talking based on just the accent or the the dialect that she uses. So it sounds pretty brutal. So like what. What's your recovery time from that book? Oh, I had to sit. I well, and it was the type of audiobook that I would drive to work early to sit in the car to listen to it and would have to like decompress before I'm doing all these <laughs> hand gestures of like decompressing <laughs> and deep breathing. Uh, and mm. after I finished it, I think I just sat in the car and was like, Oh no, yeah. <laughs> for the longest time, you know. So yeah, one likes to be crushed by a book now uh-huh. and then, though. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, it's uh, life is not all fun and games. No, <laughs> no. Well, what you got, Polly? I've got two books that will probably not crush you. Okay, that's these fine. are these are a little lighter. I think they'll that's be good. fun reads. So the first, the disreputable history of Frankie Landau Banks um, by E. Lockhart, that came out in two thousand eight. And um, I don't even remember how I picked it up, mm-hmm. but um, I, I took it with me. Um, it's a very entertaining kind of lakeside read, which is, I know that because that's exactly what I did with that's it. Nice. I took it with me on a vacation. Nice. Um, and so, you know, part of it is that entertaining read, but part of it is really like a takedown of sexism and entitlement of a secret society hmm. at an elite boarding school. Mm-hmm. So, nice. um, you know, Frankie, when the book starts, um, you learn, you know, Frankie just had turned 15, um, or the, the summer of her 15th year. So she spent her freshman year being kind of awkward and geeky Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and something happened to her the summer of her 15th year that she filled out. Uh She apparently, um, became noticeable to young men. Um, and she's dealing with the fact that, you know, that's all that people oh, notice about her now awkward. and stuff yes mm-hmm. so um anyway it uh, i i just really liked it um the thing that was also very cool to me if you like this so frankie um and this was sort of a weird serendipitous thing so frankie also like found pg woodhouse and mm-hmm. loves the jeeves and worcester books mm-hmm. and so at the same time i was reading this book we were at this lake house and they had some they had a couple DVDs there to watch, and one was this, the Jeeves and Worcester oh series. My gosh. So as I'm – and I didn't know much about P.G. Woodhouse. So as I'm, you know, reading this book, um, and she does a lot of, like, language play um, in honor of P.G. Woodhouse's sort That's of awesome. language play. Like, um, like the opposite of being um, disgruntled is to be gruntled. <laughs> she has a lot of those, um, a lot of those in the book. But um, – Anyway, she's it's um, she's smart and she's aware and she spends the the book kind of learning how to claim and use her power really and she isn't always likable because it is the disreputable history like mm-hmm. she, some shenanigans happen, um, but she's sympathetic. Um, so I think it's a great read for um, for anybody, but I think it's especially a great read for young women um, and and women um, because there's you know Frankie is is finding out about. Um, what it is that she wants for herself. Um, And I really normally like someone to be likable in a character. That's just me. But 
I think her being unlikable is actually an important part of this book. Well, and because she's a teenager, you kind of, mm-hmm. she's sympathetic in that way. You can kind of see how she's right. working through things. Is that- yeah, I think so. Well, I think it's um, because what you realize is the thing that you find unlikable about her is the thing that the patriarchy finds unlikable about women uh-huh. in general is that they're hung- oh, dang. If they're hungry dang. and ambitious and they want their place right next uh-huh. to. Yeah. So now anyway, uh, looking at the cover of that, I mm-hmm. would not have picked it up, which... Yeah. I'm so glad that I know now that it's a great book. It's a great book. Yeah. Nice. It's a, it's, I've saw, I think that the, um, you might like the, the paperback cover a little okay. more, but maybe not. I don't know. Anyways, now every time I, I read this, it just also brings me back to the lakes. Mm. It just has that extra thing for me. The next book I have is Dear Reader by Mary O'Connell, who is also a local author, um, who I know, and, um, I'll talk about that, but she, She's coming. This will mm-hmm. be in our news. She's coming to the library on May 30th. So we'll talk about that a little more. So this book is described as Gilmore Girls meets Wuthering Heights. <laughs> um, and I'm just going to admit I haven't read Wuthering Heights. I haven't either. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Let's, I don't. Let's not talk about okay. this again. All right. Um, anyway, it's got um, some magical realism in it and a dash of mystery and just a lot of bookish love. Like Aww. this is this book is like a love letter to books and to readers. So it's about Flannery Fields, who's 17, and she is a confirmed book nerd. And Miss Sweeney, her beloved AP teacher, goes missing one day and clues from Miss Sweeney's diary that Flannery finds when she kind of goes looking around in her desk turns out to be a real-time diary. Oh, so she's what? seeing it kind of as as she's as Miss Sweeney is writing in it and it she realizes that um she is Miss Sweeney is in Manhattan and Flannery like does an unflannery thing and skips school and heads there and while she's there she meets her own real life Heathcliff. Oh. So anyway, I, you know, as we talked about, I'm heading to New York City on Tuesday. So I'm really excited. I have not finished it. So I'm excited to Mm -hmm. finish this while I'm flying there because Mary does a really good job of like transporting you in place and really having good character descriptions. So I'm excited about like reading all about being in New York right before I get there because I think she's going to set the scene for me. And also like Mary O'Connell is the literal nicest person (laughs) that you will ever meet in your life. She just seems like the sweetest. I mean, she is the sweetest person. But, like, when I'm reading this, like, the little snarky bits and whatever, I'm just like, oh, Mary. (laughs) So, um, you know. That's how she gets out her snark. Still waters (laughs) run deep. You just don't know what's in in there. So, but it's. I think it's sometimes really cool when you know an author and then you read their book and to try and think about. What like, their brain was doing. What their they, brain was uh-huh. doing when they read. I like to do that. Cool. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, well, that was two book minimum. We talked about Akata Witch, American Street, the disreputable history of Frankie Landau Banks. Dear reader, get on hold for all of those. Yeah. Do it. Don't be late. Okay. So, what's up next? Well, I say, she said, she said, is up next. What do you say? She said that also. (laughs) 
We are in agreement. Man. All right, good. Okay. So we're talking about, uh, and she said, she said we'd talk about one book, and we kind of go toe-to-toe, although it's just never. <clears throat> never do. No. Uh, while trying not to make it a complete spoiler, which is definitely true about this one, because mm-hmm. sometimes we talk about nonfiction, and you can't really spoil something that's like historical nonfiction because right. so-and-so died in real life. But mm-hmm. uh, we'll try not to spoilerize this I mean, this we're not one. saying anybody died. No. But we won't spoil. Well, we'll try. Yeah, we'll try not to. So what are we even talking about? Okay, so Eleanor and Park by Rainbow Rowell. This book came out in 2012. Um, I can't remember when I read it, but it it was pretty close to when it came out, I think. And I just... You love this book. I love this book (laughs) so much. And I... um, So that's why we're doing this book, because I made you read it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I loved it. I loved it. It's about Eleanor and Park. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if you (laughs) gleaned that. Spoiler (laughs) alert. It's about these two people. Um, But so Eleanor and Park are um, in high school. The book is set in 1986. Um, It's told sort of back and forth. Eleanor's point of view. Yeah, me too. Eleanor's point of view. Park's point of view. Um, Eleanor is described as a heavy, awkward girl with glowing red Red hair hair. they call her big red the mean kids Mm -hmm. call her big red um and she has just a a horrible horrible home life and um and she's just trying to sort of get through every day and then park is um half korean um he is comes from like a painfully normal Mm -hmm. you know american dream sort of family and you know, he just listens to all the the best cool music of 1986, mm-hmm. and so he always has his headphones on, and he's always he's got comic books, and um, they're sh- shoved together on the bus and reluctantly, reluctantly, and that's how everything starts. So, um, I just there it's a love story, obviously, and like their whole falling in love just made me want to fall in love again. It's super adorable. It's so it's so good. I was almost in parts annoyed by the adorable adorability of it. You were? But I think the one thing that I like about it is that there's so many deeper issues. Mm-hmm. Along with the falling in love, that kind of I like a uh, I like a gritty read. <laughs> well, it turns out to be gritty. It does. I mean, it was surprising. Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, I think when you had first described it as a love story, it is definitely that. Um, but I don't think you wanted to spoil anything for me, and so I don't think you gave me like the right the the fact that they both have just these different issues that they're dealing with mm-hmm. in their home lives. So right. Yeah. Well. Um, I really loved it. I, I love that. Um, and, and Rainbow Rowell has a great website, so you can kind of go look at it, but she talks about, um, that Eleanor's weight actually, like it comes up. It's a thing that people ask about a lot because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's, uh, I'm looking at this, the notes that I, um, grab from Cory Doctor about this. So it's a you have a biracial protagonist, a fat protagonist, an interracial romance, bullying, body shame, domestic abuse, mm-hmm. you know. Like um yeah, so that's it's it's a no pun intended. It's a heavy it's a heavy <laughs> book. Um but a lot but people it, it's you know that I think maybe that goes to speak to like how um that's 
you know, fatness is still an issue mm-hmm. for us too. We don't have fat protagonists. No. Um, and not, yeah. I mean, yes. So there's, so people really are, people really, what they want to believe is that Eleanor isn't really fat. She just thinks she's fat. Sure. And Rainbow is like, like no, not girls fat. Mm-hmm. So, um, and why fat does that? And awesome. And why does that matter right. to you? And like, mm-hmm. why does that change things? So, for but for some, for a lot of readers, that it has been a thing that has been so wonderful to them to see themselves mm-hmm. reflected in a Absolutely. book in some way. You know, maybe maybe not the horrible things, but maybe yes, the horrible things. Um, but so, um, I just really. I just I loved the grit, the gritty parts too. I loved the love story, like, and their gradual sort of oh. falling in like um, without realizing that they were doing it, and then just suddenly they realize they can't breathe without each other. The way she writes it is just okay. Yeah, it was uh-huh. a, it was really wonderful. Yeah. So and Doctor O has this. He has I, I quoted this. Um, he has a good description about their hand holding. Um, it's simultaneously intense and chaste. It so is. The first time they held hands. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Scorching. It was. was Because it's like, she takes you back to whenever the first time you kind of first fell in love or first held hands or something with someone really special. And it's just like every nerve in your hand is like tingling from like the slightest. It was just, I was, she was like nailing the description and yeah, right. it seemed really steamy, but it's like, mm-hmm. oh wait, no, they're just holding hands on the bus. Yeah. But that's how huge it was for them. Mm-hmm. So what, what were you feeling about some of the things that um, happened? I, it was, it was more than I expected. And I really, I really liked that. And I did. I did get a little squealy at the adorable part. So maybe I just don't, maybe I just, I think I don't like adorable, but I do. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing was that like Eleanor is so amazing. She's so strong and she's dealing with so much at home with, um, with abuse and things like that and, and having to take care of siblings. And, and I kept just wanting to be like, girl, you are awesome. Like I, I wanted to like, reach into the book and just shake her and be like, you were just the mm-hmm. coolest thing. And I was angry at her that she couldn't see how awesome she was. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, she's only a teenager and no one's telling her she's awesome. So it ha- I had a lot of like conflict mm-hmm. in internal conflict back and forth with, with, with her character. Well, this is a note that I made to myself was that in the book, uh, you know, several times park, like always thought to himself, like, why, you know, why would anybody wear something like that? Mm-hmm. Because she, she would wear these uh, ridiculous outfits. Yes, just outrageous. And I like so the stuff they're describing. I remember that. Like I remember the 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 men's like neckties yeah. and the weird stuff in your hair and the like million bracelets and uh-huh. stuff like that. And he says, you know, why would she dress herself to be noticed? But she claims that she like, I mean, she just seems like she wants to sink into herself. But I think that's what he falls in love with. Like, she has a secret fire mm-hmm. that even she doesn't know mm-hmm. that she has. She's just, like, living it out in her clothes. Well, and I think her clothes is also, like, her armor. Because if you put off people by your, by, like, outlandish outfits, mm-hmm. then maybe they won't even try to get to know you. Which, right. Yeah. I think that's, that she wants it. Well... Yes, I think she definitely wants to to escape notice. Yeah, in a lot but then of also ways. desperately wants to be known too. It's just <clears throat> she yeah. Rainbow Rowell does a really great job of of getting in the heads of. Yeah. And of she people. does, you know, we t- I think you were 
there was questions about why, like what it was they saw in each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she definitely fell in love with his normalcy too. But also in his normalcy, he's also very unique. Like he's the only Mm -hmm. Korean, you know, half Korean kid that in the neighborhood. And and he's he's the only family that is actually like a two parent family with their grandparents right next door Mm -hmm. living this, you know, leave it to beaver sort of, but not, but not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anywho's. Yeah. I, uh, I won't spoiler the ending. Um, but I did text Polly a few pages before the ending and was like, Mm -hmm. I am going to punch rainbow Rowell in the face. Mm -hmm. I hate her. I hate this author and I hate what she's doing. And then by the end I had to text you an apology for my, you did because I read that as by extension that you were going to punch me in the face because (laughs) I made you read this book. Why are you doing this to me? I I can read between the lines. Then I apologize though. You do. So, um, do you want to, let's talk about the band book aspect of it yeah should i should, Ooh, should I, I like this quote should yeah. I read this quote okay mm-hmm. this is from that dr o article too and this will be linked in the show notes and but he's a cory dr o is a sci-fi writer yes but he writes um a lot of ya too. okay okay and he but he also he goes around a lot and speaks on behalf of like um intellectual freedom and cool. he'll, he'll do he does a lot of talks on that in banned books because his books have been banned too be a librarian. he's got like a he's got a lot of stick it to the man mm. in the books so um so this quote anyway um is about like why is this book why has this book been banned like there is a lot of cursing in it but it's um it's very appropriate remember. to yeah. the to the setting to the setting and to where where the i mean it, it's words um and there's you know there's some violence, um, but it's also inter- it's, integral yeah. to the story. And then even though it's a very romantic book, there's like almost no oh, sex goodness, in it, no. you know. Um, so anyway, the quote is, you know, what it does have is teenagers living um, living difficult and even violent lives surrounded by adults who are at best ineffectual and at worst part of the problem. What's more, the problem grownups in this book are all disciplinarians who think Kids need tough love to grow up right and who are manifestly demonstrably wrong. It's almost as though the adults who object to this book are ashamed to see their own attitudes rebutted so forcefully and then seize on the pretext of, quote, bad language to object to it. But that couldn't possibly be right, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's a great observation on, I think, a a lot of banned books. Yeah, a lot of parents are just like, they they don't think that kids are living these lives. Right. And, you know, who knows? Maybe the people who are objecting to these books are oh, their God. children are living such bubble wrap lives maybe. that they don't know maybe. anything about it and they don't want their kids to know that that people in the world have horrible lives. But what a privilege. Right. That is. Well, and I feel like those kids will go wild later. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, and I get the concept of, I get, I mean, I have kids. I get the concept of not wanting your kids to have to deal with the problems of the adult world before they need to. Right. And before you think they're ready. to. Right. And before you think they're ready to. And it's hard to know. I mean, it's hard to know when they're ready. Mm -hmm. Um, But sheltering them completely by banning a book is not helping. No. Anything. No. And, you know, I, I used to work with these kinds of teenagers who have these kinds of lives it's definitely happening it's happening to mm-hmm. a lot of teenagers and you know it's not 
we're not doing anybody any favors by not letting these kids see their lives reflected right. in Absolutely. stories. Yeah, because then what's that telling the kids? It's like, well, your life is just, it's too bad to even be viewed by yeah. my precious kid. That's yeah. a, that's a great, it's a, yeah, it's huh. a good point. Mm. Your lives are not worth knowing about. So I'm glad that Rainbow Rowell gives, like, you know, a space for these mm-hmm. voices to come out. Yeah, she's pretty rad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was going to be a film adaptation uh, in 2014. I guess DreamWorks had purchased the rights uh, to make a film. Um, and Raoul was asked to write the spree- screenplay. But then a year ago, May 2016, uh, sh- the author confirmed via Twitter that it was no longer in development and the rights were back to her. And I kind of want to know what happened. Me but that's too. just juicy. I don't know I if know. that'll ever be re- <clears throat> revealed. This but- would be like a great this could be a great movie. The soundtrack would oh, be the, awesome. The soundtrack. Yeah. The soundtrack would be Man. really wonderful. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. the outfits. I mean, you can she describes the scenes and the outfits and the the characters and the sounds and everything mm-hmm. so well that yeah. I guess it's just going to be a movie in our no. heads. I love it. And I also, I mean, I have a like a little side love for it because you know because i was in high school at the time this was happening Mm -hmm. which also makes it like a that's i think partly what makes it a great crossover read for adults is a lot of us you know this was our life we were Mm -hmm. listening to you know joy division and the smiths and the cure and Mm -hmm. um you know so this was our life but also like i have some small knowledge of omaha and so i Uh kind of knew some of the places that they were describing so that was that was cool too so if you're in you know if you're a midwest listener Uh and not in the netherlands and maybe never been here but um if you're a a midwest listener um you maybe have been to omaha because it's a big city here and so maybe you'll might recognize some of that too. that's always nice yeah so, all right, I guess we should wrap it because we don't want to make any spoilers, but you should. No, we can't talk anymore. You should it. most definitely read this mm-hmm. book. Uh, it's a good so one. that's been She Said, She Said for Eleanor and Park. It sure has. Uh, Do you want to talk about renaming the section? Well, someone suggested <laughs> calling it Two Peas in a Podcast. Which is pretty cute. Because we can because never. Because we never know. Uh, but we we might consider it. How about if you think we should rename it, weigh in. Weigh in. Weigh <laughs> in. Leave us comments. Be listener driven. In fact, leave us comments anyway. Either way, yeah. Oh, post pictures of your pets. Yeah, yeah. Follow us on social media. Yeah, the library. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Yeah, I'm supposed to do that more um, subtly. Like I'm not you reading are. off of cue cards that Nick's holding up, but I can't. I can't lie. I can't lie. I have to be who I am. <laughs> I'm a cue card reader. <laughs> Your, your podcast failure. All right. <laughs> we need to get to We Can't Always Be Reading. Yeah, All I right. suppose. All right. What are you up to? Well, um, you know, I just graduated another one of my <laughs> beautiful genius progeny. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. MBD. Um, so that's two out of high school. That's one, awesome. One more to go. Um so, also, I have been watching both The Handmaid's Tale and American Gods. Mm, this is which, like reading by association. Right. I, you said it isn't? It's, oh. like, it's like reading by association. Okay. I was about, we were about to, we were about to okay, go. We <laughs> because I think literary binge watching is okay. It counts you know, as these are not both, always reading. These are mm-hmm. both really great books. Mm-hmm. And I'm just watching them with my eyeballs. Um, 
Let's see. Oh, what else? This is something oh, we've been binge watching yeah. that isn't maybe as literary, but the library <laughs> is open <laughs> and you get read. Um, so we watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Thank goodness um, you're finally watching that. I've been wanting you to. So it's late the only to thing this party. Yeah. I mean, we're so late to this party. That's okay. That then you can binge all of everybody it. Everybody else is already home at this point. But um, so it's so fun to watch. And we all watch it as a family. And my my kids are adults essentially mm-hmm. so don't don't write in that that's horrible <laughs> um but also a great book to read we have this in the the library called wide drag and um you can you'll click on it in the show notes it's gorgeous 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 and it features a lot of the queens who've been on mm-hmm. um, rupaul's show but also um just, you know, other people. And then the last thing we're doing is I'm doing a summer project this summer. At least the plan is to oh, do yeah. summer projects. So, um, and I think we're inspired by Drag Race is I found this blog. And I know I've seen another one, too, that we need to find. But um, so this woman goes to the thrift stores and gets, like, you know, just clothes that you would never imagine mm-hmm. that you would ever want to wear. And, and turns them, you know, takes them and turns them into like great clothes. And so I want to do this this summer with my kids and that'd be great. Yeah. um, I'll send you my measurements. That would be great. But (laughs) my, my sewing career uh, ended with Barbie clothes. You sewed Barbie clothes. Uh That's a tiny though. Uh, Yeah. Well, they didn't have to fit right. Okay. That's true. It was just, it was a bunch of moves. They didn't have to actually stay on. Barbie moves. I mean, mean, you know, she didn't really have to go anywhere. So um, this will be interesting. That'd be great. But I think you have a sewing machine. Yeah. Okay. Good. Sewing machine, and we have one of those like little. Um, Do you have a serger? Like a dress? No. Oh, okay. We need, we need one. Send it in. Send listeners. it in. <laughs> Send me show notes written on a serger. Um, so uh, no, no, no. We don't have. We need to get one. But we. I have a dress man. Form. Uh-huh. Like a dress form too. It actually belongs to my daughter because she was into sewing and we got it for her. But, but you birthed her, so it belongs she's, to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's, she'll share. That's what I really like about Drag Race, though, is that it like they make their own clothes and you get to see – you don't see a lot of the intermediate. like the You see the concept and then the finished product. But I think it's just really cool that they – that they design their own clothes and they have to sew everything because it's – you know, they're designing it to their bodies to accentuate. Right. Okay, so the, it, tell me what, if you think huh. – I, every time I watch it, I think when I see them in the starting process and then I see them come out, I, I was like, this is helpers. reality. This is reality TV magic where mm-hmm. someone in the, they're really. I think some, Tim Gunn might be actually back there. Oh, doing. Tim Gunn might be back there. Maybe. Making it work. Because, yeah, they're like, oh, I've barely even started and we've got five minutes. And then <laughs> they walk out with the full gown and it's like, no. That fits. That doesn't so. pop off. Yeah. Like yeah. That, there's nothing like, like glue strings trailing mm-hmm. off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's my favorite way to <laughs> hem yeah. things. Things is it's to hot glue it. Well, yeah. You're out of so time. you can see how this sewing project <laughs> this is going to be great. Wow. <laughs> Don't burn yourself. Uh, uh, so, what are you doing? <laughs> well, um, sad news. My truck has broken down just in time for country music listening season, which is my favorite summer hobby besides driving around and picking stuff off the curb. Well, you in can the do same both. Truck. Oh, absolutely. All of these things could exist together. As of like Six or seven years ago, I started listening to not the best radio country, like not like classic, amazing country, but this is like, you know, your radio country about front porches and beers and stuff and Mm -hmm. just wonderful things. Um, 
I once this once the nice warm weather hits, I just want to drive around listening to like Eric Church and Miranda Lambert and stuff. And I don't know, it's like a weird sickness that comes over me. It's just <laughs> so much fun. Uh, but since the truck's broken down, um, which I could write a song about it. You go. <laughs> that would make that most My truck broke down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So get, I let, could, let's get going on I that. I could do that. Yeah. Uh, but I've also had to do that thing called exercising and walk mm. to work and stuff. I'm uh, sorry. I know. It's really not yeah. in my... Not in my wheelhouse, uh, <laughs> but I moved to East Lawrence, and so I've been able to walk to work. Um, and it's a, if you're not in Lawrence, East Lawrence is like a cute neighborhood with adorable houses of all different sorts of sizes and shapes, and uh, quaint, you know, brick sidewalks and brick streets and stuff like that. So I've been able to kind of scope out people's, you know, yard landscaping and and explore Lawrence. So I guess it's been good hmm. not okay. not being able to drive my truck it's around for you mm-hmm. yeah lots good of sweating thing. well yeah i'm gonna have to keep deodorant at work i know <laughs> now that you say that and we work in close proximity uh-huh. maybe i'll come pick you up there you work. go yeah <laughs> turn on the air conditioning uh so also besides that i saw patricia lockwood um last week or two weeks ago at the library she lived in lawrence for a spell and now she lives in um Georgia. She and her husband oh. snuck away in the night. Oh. I didn't, we didn't know they left. Uh, but she she read from her memoir, Priest Daddy, about living with uh, her father, who's a married Catholic priest. And she explains the logistics of all that, So, okay. um, which I don't remember. But she does it really funny. Uh, she is so performative, though, in her reading. She's very dramatic and has these hand gestures and different voices. And I couldn't always tell when she was talking after the performance or before the performance, like what was affect and what was like authentic. And so it's kind of, she's kind of a performance piece in herself, which is really fascinating. Um, There's lots of fart jokes in the book and nudity (laughs) jokes. So I think that it would be right up my alley. Mm -hmm. You and... And the 12 year olds. And all the 12 year olds. (laughs) You know. So so that's what I've been doing, just fart jokes and walking. (laughs) Fart jokes and walking. Yeah, we're just going to have to edit that out. Okay. <laughs> Every time I'm the problem. Uh, no. So what's happening in town, Polly? Well, so as I mentioned earlier, Mary O'Connell will be at the library on Tuesday, the 30th. Um, she'll be in the auditorium at 7 p.m. And she'll be um, reading from her book and possibly answering some questions. Cool. And you'll Just being nice. And being a lovely, lovely human. So you won't want to miss that. Um Summer reading is here. Mm-hmm. Woo. So, woo! I'm wearing my summer reading shirt right now. I'm not. Everybody, you can go get your own at the library. They're cool. So, They're Minecraft themed, and they, they were designed are. by Matt Lord in the children's department. Mm-hmm. They're neat looking. They are. They are spiff. So you you can if you are an adult and you want to participate in summer reading, you can read five books or read or listen for thirty hours. Um, Mm -hmm. And we can talk about that in a minute. But um, and then you can pick up your prizes, which unfortunately, I don't know what they are right now. But they will things. There'll be things that you like Mm -hmm. because that's what the library does. Yeah. What else is happening? Well, Free State Festival is coming to Lawrence. Uh, It's a smaller festival this year because of funding, but it'll still be great. Um, And we are going to be doing a live podcast. Yeah. 
So, so <laughs> stay tuned for that. If you live here, you can come watch Kate make hand gestures oh, that gosh. you can't see. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, mm-hmm. close your eyes, though, so you still can't see them. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, and also in July, which is a little bit farther away, um, there's going to be the book club play that's coming to KU Theater. Um, it's written by Karen Zazarius and directed by Jane Barnett, July 20th through the 23rd. Uh, there is going to be some special fun planned for book clubs, um, including a discount and some uh, book swap, maybe some Q&A. So really definitely stay tuned for that. We'll keep you posted um, on our newsletter um, and on the podcast. So okay. book club play in July. So Okay. And so if you didn't know, also June oh, mm-hmm. is audiobook month. It is. So, which I think would be of special interest to our... Listeners. Our listeners. Yeah, because so, you like to listen to things. Um, you like to listen to things. So um, you can, um, maybe we'll give some suggestions for some things in, one, the, in the future. One of these, one of these future days here. But um, we will have a, a fantastic display up at the library mm-hmm. of all kinds of things. So if you're the type who likes to take a little drive and listen to books in the summer, or if you're the type who likes to work in your garden and listen to books, mm-hmm. we got you covered. We do. Yeah, come, come visit us and, and ask what the heck to listen to. Besides all right. our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's all for this month. All right. Happy reading. Happy reading. That's it for this special young adult crossover edition of the Book Squad podcast. For more details on any of the books or events mentioned in this episode, visit reader.ku.edu forward slash book squad podcast. Or visit the Lawrence Public Library website at www.lawrence.lib.ks.us. Our fantastic Book Squad librarians are Polly Ken and Kate Gramlich. Our theme music is by Heidi Lind Luke. I'm Nick Carswell, and this has been a production of Lawrence Public Library and Audio Reader Network. <laughs>